to like that it went into 10 buckets when in actuality it's not it's, like he yeah. diversified 10 ways it, exactly it actually what clued me in was the lines that he had in there about uh listening to his disc man while buying his Jenko jeans that's when i knew that it was made in the 1990s This podcast contains the arguably witty banter of two friends, Skippy and Dougals, that like to debate about investing. The content is intended to be entertaining and for informational purposes only, not investment advice. You should do your own research and consult a financial professional before using any of the information in this podcast, and especially before investing. We got the double travel today. The double it's travel. the first episode ever on the road. Mm-hmm. Our, our oh, yeah. accommodations, at least my accommodations, leave some to be desired. It's how we roll today. It's all right. It's yeah. all good. It's all good. It's all good in the hood. How you doing though, man? Good man. Comfy. How about you? Uh, nice. I'm in the I'm in the nice weather. We like we took off from the cold and landed in the niceties, which is just a yeah. thing to behold. We did the same, man. Headed to the Central Pacific Ocean, and uh, Oof. apparently this is the way to do it when you're Colorado based is to get out of town in February over President's Day weekend, right? Yeah, and then we're coming back to like ten degrees. <laughs> But I'm not looking forward to that, but yeah, I'm looking forward to sleeping in my own bed for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's always good. It's always good. Should we kick this off one more again with the listener mail? Yes, definitely. Um, we got listener mail from Jared this week. It's an opinion piece on Market Watch. Um, this is ball by Paul Merriman. Something he has branded the ultimate buy and hold strategy for 2022. Dougal's I have thoughts. I'm sure you do too. I always have thoughts, of course. Let's should we summarize what uh, what the ultimate portfolio is? Basically, this guy has been around for years. He's a market commentator, and Diggles. My first read of this was: there's a lot of sell your book going on here. Um, this is a well rehearsed strategy. He even uh, states in the article that he writes the same article every year since 1995. So he's well entrenched that this is the appropriate strategy for him and for you. What he does is he starts with the S&P 500 and then he adds in multiple components until he ends up with effectively 10% of each of these different categories of investments, including things like U.S. large large company value, um, sorry, large cap value, small cap value, REITs, international, emerging markets, et cetera. And he basically slices it up into 10 places where you'd put 10% of your portfolio in each of these categories. And then your total asset allocation would be about 50% US, 50% international. This is a little crass what I'm about to say, but I think it's stupid. <laughs> that's, a, that's a stronger take. My, my take's not that strong. <laughs> It's not, it's actually not that the portfolio itself is allocated in a stupid way. Like, that's not actually what I mean. I just mean by the time that you go through and you do like SP 500, REITs, small cap value, large cap value, you just, oh, you own the US stock market and the like international stock market. And there are, yeah. there are like ETFs that probably weren't around when he started writing this article in, <laughs> in 1995. 1995, but that are now just like buy VTI the US stock market <laughs> and then buy like VT, which is Vanguard's like international stock market, do 50, 50 allocation of each. 
and well, bring in, like bring in some bonds and some reeds. So I actually, um, I mean, I'll tell you, he claims that in his back testing, this is like the greatest thing ever. Although the drawdowns are just as significant as holding S&P 500. Um, all he's effectively doing here, he, this is what a lot of financial commentators end up doing. They add complexity, so it seems like this is something you couldn't do on your own. When in actuality, you could just build it. So, I didn't back. I didn't verify his back tests. I'll just trust that something in Market Watch is is actually legitimate. But what he's trying to do here is sell his book, and that's it. And what he does when he brings in small cap and value stuff is he's taking the total stock market index and tilting it to some value factors, which should improve performance. Obviously, I'm a value guy. And then bringing in more international, which also, especially at this point in time, should improve performance going forward. So I think this is fine. I would tell the listeners, <laughs> don't you dare use this strategy. Like, And the reason for that is because he's dug in. This is what makes sense to him. And his job is to sell this type of knowledge to um, know-nothing investors. But you this is not going to be the right strategy for you that you didn't come up with the strategy and decide you wanted 10 buckets. I, I certainly didn't know. <laughs> so, sorry, you, you're being very nice. You're being very nice. Uh, okay. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. What this will do. So I'm not surprised if it increases um, annual performance by like a Susan, as my yeah. French colleagues would say. And, but I'm also not surprised if this increases your, like the cost, of you trading also by a Susan, like because most likely the the stuff that in order to buy these you're likely going to have to pay a higher um i'm gonna think of the term whatever the annual expense ratio yeah, annual expense. your, your reach exactly. and your international and your emerging markets is going to be higher yeah exactly so you take out the transaction i'm i'm uh summoning my inner bogle right now the jack bogle uh yeah who who's like you have to look at your transaction costs right so the expense ratios all that stuff, taxes, all that stuff. And most likely, you're not going to get whatever this is worth over a long period of time. If you just look at the returns of the stocks, I'm sure that it's more. But if you look at how much your brain has to hurt by reading about this stupidity, as well as the expense ratios and whatnot, I'm getting a little, I'm leaving more crass now. No, I'm joking. No, like, but, but actually, when you take out all the costs, I think it's probably not, most likely not going to be worth it. You could do something again, like um, this is just research advice as usual, not investment advice, but you could do yeah. something like buy VTI, the US stock market, Vanguard, very low expense ratio, and yeah. VT, the international, right? Or whatever the international Vanguard one is and get pretty close to what they're talking about here, I would assume. Now you're right. You you lose like the the REITs, like there's some stuff you lose. You want there, some but... REITs and some emerging markets yeah. maybe. But <laughs> what, what cracks me up about this is uh, it, it I can tell the methodology was established in 1995, it seems, because like if he owns 10% of the S&P and 10% of large cap US stocks, those are effectively the exact same things. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so he really has 20% in large cap US and then he has another 10% in large cap US with a value tilt. You know, it's like it, he just seemed to like that it went into 10 buckets when in actuality, it's not it's, like he diversified yeah. 10 ways. It, exactly. It actually, what clued me in was the lines that he had in there about uh, listening to his disc man while buying his Jenko jeans. That's when I knew <laughs> that it was made in the 1990s. But uh, anyway, no, it's the, the portfolio itself. If you just look at back testing, neither Skippy nor I back tested this, but I'm sure 
does have some outperformance, like guaranteed there, but it, it is unnecessarily complex. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Jared, appreciate the listener mail. Hope that makes sense. Um, hit us up with additional questions because uh, th- there's what do we love more, Dougals, than being mean about other people's uh, investing? Oh, that's like it's, it's my first, second, and third favorite thing in the world. <laughs> and speaking of which, can I transition for a sec to yeah. do that? Region of the fishbowl. This is a quick hit, but I tell you what, I tell you what. So I always apologize for bringing Kathy Wood in here. Always apologize, and then I always do it again. So like, yeah. too late to apologize. You're addicted, man. You're yeah. addicted. But this time it was forced upon me because, because you know you're at your low as an investor. You know you're at your low when it's Jim Cramer that is throwing shade at you. So I'm just gonna give a he he like went off, and we can we can put this on the tweets. He went off on Kathy Wood, but one line that I'll bring up because this is just mean. All right. And Kathy, we have not said anything like this. Jim Cramer said, and I quote, I'm shocked to see what she buys and how she buys. She buys like someone who just started yesterday. That Jim is Kramer just me. Yes. Yes. Wow. James Thumlomalus Kramer or whatever. I don't know what his middle name is. Like, drop this. Can you? It's just like, that's just me. <laughs> like, there's not even there's not even a joke in there. There's a little bit of truth. I'm sorry in that, Kathy. But yeah, I I, I heard that. Oh, he was, um, yeah. I just went ooh. I mean, I've moved. I've moved on. I think life is better without Kathy Wood. If that makes any. Oh sense. my god. Okay, okay. Hold on. Now. Hold on. This is not. So Skippy, uh, like 12 episodes ago, was talking about how uh, Tim Cook likes to take people into alleys and dispose of them. <laughs> Uh, and now he's discussing how life might be better without Kathy Wood. I just want to be very clear that <laughs> this is not any sort of a, that's just research advice. Um, <laughs> right now I'm joking. Yeah. It, no, it, 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 like I, I do think she should calm down. Just, just calm down. Diggles, we're going to put you on this 12 step plan to quit Kathy Wood. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. just, just move on, man. Just move on. This also. You, you got so excited about Kathy Wood, we couldn't even finish our second piece of listener mail. This is from uh, <laughs> HFR Capital. Last week, we gave a shout out, be like, hey, we need our buddy in Paris to send us some stock picks. He did, and we love it. Thank you so much. Um, I'm digging into some of these, so I don't know that I'm going to mention name by name, but um, there's some some great options here, and we're so appreciative of the listeners for helping us out on research advice like that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's It's beautiful. Specifically, I'm on... Um, I'm on a little bit of the hunt right now because I think I've talked about how in 2020, I picked up a whole bunch of stuff throughout 2020, picked up a whole bunch of stuff and am almost done selling it all, which has a, a little bit of the portfolio is looking out there on the hunt. And so uh, that's one of my categories that I have is European value. And this was super helpful in looking through what you're providing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. A couple, couple of research advice from our friend at HFR Capital, um, Rolls-Royce Holdings. If you guys want to dig in last minute, there there's some good options here. I'm excited to spend some time researching this. Although with that one, I tell you what, I saw some, I didn't read much into this, but maybe you did. I um, I saw that there was like a ship that caught a flame over the past couple of days that had yeah. like, it, it was filled with like Porsches, Rolls-Royces, Bentleys, and there was like a whole bunch of expensive cars on there. So supply shock. I mean, being a, a 
Volkswagen stockholder like I am, that's really fun for me when your cars go up in flames. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like my normal stock picks, Dougals, according to yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, thank you for the listener mail. Both pieces really appreciate it. Yeah, right. Dougals, what's in your fishbowl? All right. I'm going to reach into the fishbowl here and talk about Bitcoin hacking. And this is one such a, a well done, well written piece in the Wall Street Journal recently on, on what we're about to talk about here. And also, I'll say it goes back to something that you stated, uh, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 episodes ago. I can't remember what episode it was when you were discussing how there's always this like Bitcoin is not traceable, cryptocurrency, I should say it's not traceable, but it's like it's very traceable. Like, um, what it's you, the most traceable currency. Yeah. So it's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite of what, what folks say. You don't always know the who, but you know the where is basically what, what it is because you can, because of the ledger and blockchain, you know where the money's going. You just don't know who owns the accounts. And so you end up, uh, the, the authorities just have to figure out the who, like that, that's what everything's after. Yep. So what this is, is back in 2016, there was a hack of the Bitfinex, I think is how you pronounce it, exchange. Um, of about four and a half billion dollars in today's dollars. It wasn't worth that much back then, but four and a half billion dollars approximately of Bitcoin is what was stolen. So they've been on the hunt. And what I, one of the things I found interesting in this article was it was saying that back then the, the Bitcoin wasn't quite as much in the news, right? And so it wasn't as big of a deal, but like now it's such a, like, there's so much crackdown that they're trying to have on cryptocurrency that there was, there's uh, many more resources that go toward it. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. But I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a couple pieces. I want to get your reaction. But before I even state this, what I want to mention is that one of the individuals that's involved that they're uh, that they've arrested around this is a big time hip hop artist. Um, if you have not if you have not looked at <laughs> watched her rap, it is like a thing of wonder. If you can make it through the video, like. <laughs> it's it's a thing i wonder but anyway so heather morgan is is the is the woman uh that's that's been arrested i don't even think the full allegations of the hacker in there but they've traced it back to one of her accounts and then uh Ilya lichtenstein um is her husband and so they were traced down because of gift cards like they bunch of they bought a bunch of bit uh gift cards like walmart uber etc uh, that were brought back to them and so that's how they found them after what, six years now uh, they were able to find these folks that, where the money traced back to. Again, they have not been accused of the hack, but that's where the money was traced back to. And what she does, according to her own bio, is this. She says, when she's not reverse engineering black markets to think of better ways to combat fraud and cybercrime, she enjoys rapping and designing streetwear fashion. This is who we're, this is who we're talking about here. All right. I pause. <laughs> Diggles, you went off on poor Miss Morgan here. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this, so bad. I haven't I haven't watched the rap, uh, but she here's a here's a quote. I'm definitely not trying to win a Grammy for my voice, but I'm addicted to rap. Um, she also used to be a reporter with like Forbes, if I remember correctly. This is just the oddest story. Um, it's like <laughs> Tiger King for Bitcoin thief. Uh, thief. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> that's really exactly fun. right. But so uh, I found two things just incredibly interesting. One is they they jumped they stole the bitcoin and then they jumped through all these hoops to try and like launder that money uh, essentially 
And it looks like with the dark web, it used to be a lot easier back in, say, 2017 or 2018. Yep. But you're yep. right. There's so much more scrutiny that it's way harder to find. And Dougals, we've been doing the show a little over a year. I think we've already talked about three massive uh, seizures of stolen money via Bitcoin. Right. I'm not sure that like facts meet reality here when people talk about this being the best way to do crime because it seems like all this stuff gets recovered. Because it's so traceable. Yeah, exactly. The other thing I just thought was fascinating is they went to district court judge or maybe a federal judge and presented some evidence to start, try and get a search warrant. And the judge's ruling says, noting the public nature of bl the blockchain ledger, ledger excuse me, meant um, that they have no constitutional right to privacy. So that's such an interesting legal take financially is to say, well, no, what they did is public you have given me um, reasonable doubt that this person relates to this wallet ID. And so go break into their house. They broke into their house. They found $40,000 in cash. They found all this like criminal activity stuff. And then they connected all the dots. You skipped one amazing thing that they found. So everything What's you said that? is correct. They found a plastic baggie that was marked burner phone. Like yeah. on the plastic bag was written, burner phone <laughs> like that isn't that straight from like a inspector gadget comic or something like does that really occur uh i mean inspector gadget isn't a rap artist so it was that, probably okay that <laughs> is true from like t pain's t pain's <laughs> book on how to commit crimes that is true he he did he never dropped the lyric and i quote spear fisher password all your funds transferred he never did that he never did that. That's true. <laughs> and she did. This, yeah, this and story she did. is bizarre, guys. Like, we'll put it on the Twitter. It's just, just read it because it'll make you laugh, but it'll also make you learn a few things. Um, it's hilarious. Oh. All right. Fishbowl time for you. Remember at the beginning of the pandemic when stocks like Hilton mm -hmm. pulled back significantly and do. stocks like Zoom went up 300%? I recall. Do you, do you know where they sit today? Uh, reversal of fortune or the same place <laughs> the same place oh, so hilton goodness. went way down slowly climbed back up zoom went way up and then way down and they've had the same performance since february 2020 i, I keep mentioning this stuff because uh, i don't think people appreciate enough that if you sit around change your perspective give things six months to 24 months like you're going to be shocked where things end up yeah, it a different uh there are different roads, different journeys that stocks can have, but as a good friend once said, mean reversion is real. <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> no, I actually I do find that to be interesting. The the other one that I really liked was uh I mean this was from a few weeks ago when I saw this, but Berkshire Hathaway and Arc. Uh, was oh, like yeah. another chart that was you know, that was kind of going around how they've they've landed at the same place too. It, it it's 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 like so important to grasp those concepts that I'm glad that you keep bringing that up because it it the brain the human psyche like can't understand it I think but when you see it you just like keep looking at it because it's what happens like this stuff isn't you don't have takeaway per, a runaway performance that continues forever right and in, in that in that journey right yeah um, yeah well but no let's talk about that in a little more detail when when Berkshire and ARK end up at the same place or when Hilton and Zoom end up at the same place, Hilton and Berkshire 
have positive momentum as well. And yes. I mean, so they're right now, um, I haven't done evaluation on any of these. I mean, but theoretically, the Berkshires and the Hiltons are better to hold at this point in time uh, because there's a strong foundation of performance uh, that's been built over the past two years as they weathered challenging storms. It's just crazy. Yeah, just yeah. you give anything two years and the stock market's going to surprise you. It always does. That's what's fun about it. When yeah. we were uh, when we were talking to to James McIntosh and asked him why he's into this stuff, you know, he he mentioned the puzzle of the markets and like it, it's a continually surprising. It's a puzzle to figure out that is like unfigure outable. I think it's yep. it's kind of it's fascinating. Um, the market, I I love it. I absolutely love it. Is that can I fishbowl time right now? Please. Good. All right. Reach into the fishbowl here for. Uh, I'll say a little, a, a little bit of a continuation. We've been talking about staying invested, how important it is to stay invested. But this is stay invested, but that doesn't necessarily mean like constantly invest randomly. Is what I, is what I will is what I'll say. There was this uh, what do they call it? It's a tweet storm. I'm not into the social medias. A yeah, tweet storm. Tweet. I think by at Ben P Eifert. I think uh, Ben DJ Deval Eifert is a uh, is the, the full name of the individual as they. As they that they put beside their Cobra Kai picture here, and but what this person did was tweeting out a whole bunch of research um, on how successful individual traders have been, and like I'll say nay, nay to myself, how unsuccessful individual traders have been. I'm gonna drop a few, like just a handful of the things, but it's a it's a cool little research fueled uh, tweet storm here. Okay. So one is the top stocks bought by Robinhood users underperform by 9% on average over the following month. Another is more than 80% of eToro users lose money. 97% of Brazilian day traders in the equity futures market lose money. 97% seems like a lot. I don't know. I'm not a statistician. That seems like a lot. 70% of individual foreign exchange traders lose money in a given quarter. And the average annual loss is 100% of initial <laughs> account balance. <laughs> Is that leverage or something? There's a here, there's a SEC.gov link there. But like that seems tough to pull off, man. That is impressive. Like you tried. Impressive work by the FX trading community right there. Nice work, if, guys. If, if someone came to you, this is like a kind of like a Brewster's Millions. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, Richard Pryor movie from back in the day. But so Brewster's Millions was it was a movie where Richard Pryor was going to inherit millions of dollars if he could spend a million dollars but not tell anyone he was trying to do it was basically like what the movie's about but anyway if someone came to you and said skippy you need to lose a hundred percent you can trade foreign foreign currency and you have to lose a hundred percent of your balance like it's kind of hard to do like to, to to do that um especially you i mean you'd be compounding like I, you'd be like I all, all, I, all i can do all i can do is compound um, no, this is well, like yeah. when when I was in Vegas and you told me to throw a hundred dollars down on the table and I couldn't do it because it just felt like it felt too risky for me. Man. Yeah, you couldn't. You I couldn't. Could. I was <laughs> physically not able. I'm like yeah. too conservative. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm going to give you one hundred dollars that I would like for you to bet for me, and you said nope, I can't. Not doing it. Not doing it. <laughs> can't. Uh, last one that I wrote down here: Taiwanese day trader annual losses amount to two point two percent of GDP. Like, Ooh, that, nice work. That is, yeah, that's also impressive. 
You skipped my favorite. Single men trade 67% more than single women and significantly perform worse, uh, which <laughs> is a, an effect explained primarily by overconfidence. <laughs> yes, as is why they're single. So we can just uh, send a shout out to the female listeners of the show and just say, shoot us an email and say, I'm better than you guys and stop being overconfident. There you go. Question. Is Kathy Wood single? <laughs> I'm not touching that. I have no idea. Her stock picks are single. Um, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's great. Do you know, very quick quiz, you know how uh, how different companies will have like nicknames for for their employees sometimes? Yeah. Like, like, a, like uh, if you work at Google, you're going Google. around my corporate world right now. It's, it's, we haven't got any crazy nicknames, but it's evolved to everyone calling, going team, team this, team mm. that. Some companies are all about family these days, which I think is a little, that's a slippery slope. <laughs> tell me, tell me more about this conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Anyway, what, what company is calling their employees something odd these days? Yeah. So, I hadn't even thought about this and I, I'm not, I don't know why I am now, but so Facebook changed its name to what? Meta. Okay. What is Facebook now calling its employees? I hope employees, but I'm sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> incorrect. I mean, Metamates. I am over Metamates. Metamates. No. Yes. Yes. I was just going to say, can you Google if, uh, Zuckerberg's in Hawaii right now because maybe I could run into him and, <laughs> and have a confrontation. Yeah, metamates, metamates, not not making this up. It's not good, man. No, and speaking of what's also not good, there's slow your roll, Zuck. Slow your roll because you 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 had like got a thing going on, but you're you're trying too hard with this metaverse stuff. So metamates too much. And last Sunday, I was thoroughly enjoying. The halftime show at uh at the Super Bowl, thoroughly enjoying. However, did you see the commercial that Facebook put out or Meta put out? No, somehow I missed that. Oh my goodness gracious! So they have there's a commercial for Horizon Worlds, which is the name of their um, virtual world metaverse thing, and the commercial they put out. I'm gonna describe it, and it'll sound like I'm exaggerating. It'll sound like it, but I'm not. What this commercial was, is it was like a, um, it was filmed in what looks like a Chuck E. Cheese. And you know, the like animatronic Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, I things, tell you right? that, like the yeah. band things. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't a Chuck E. Cheese, but it was like a Chuck E. Cheese. Like it was kind of like a playoff of Chuck E. Cheese. And they showed like the animatronic band thing happening. But then the this fake Chuck E. Cheese got shut down. And it was the story of one of the like bandmates, the animatronic bandmate like going through life. And so it was being passed off from one place to another. It got left in the snow at one point. Very sad. And then it was missing its friends, right? Yeah. And it found its animatronic band friends in the metaverse. In the metaverse, I see. This was the this was like a two-minute commercial about this like really, because those things were freaky. Like this was not something you want to, this like animatronic dog thing. That is getting lost throughout the world and then finds its friends in the metaverse. And then from what I saw, the metaverse that they showed it find its friends in isn't it isn't even Horizon Worlds. Like it was just like a CGI'd 
thing that they they made up. So yeah, no, it, it, um, it probably joins Second Life, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, like we can't show our actual product. Let's show the one that someone's been working on for twenty years. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I, I I I went off there, but the MetaMates probably also did not enjoy this. Yeah, I mean, last thing on Facebook is kind of, I don't know, Facebook is equity that I think you can tell any story you want with, right? The people mm -hmm. that say, I bought it at IPO, I'm up 10 times, uh, look at the free cash flow, this is amazing. This is like one of the dominant companies in the world. Um, you can also be, I mean, my take is more like, yeah, but he's destroying all sorts of value in terms of investing in the metaverse instead of giving that money back to shareholders and you know increasing his moats it's it's just really fascinating to watch i will say i'm happy that i'm not that someone's not calling me a meta member meta mate oh a meta mate yeah meta meta member Actually, it has a little bit more distinguishment or whatever. There we go. See, um, I should be yeah, on the executive team. Facebook, it is interesting. I think you're right that you can you can tell so many stories. It's also um, it's like the purest of the platform plays, and almost the it, it has much potential value. When I say purest, what I mean is that what they do is just simpler. Like it has, it's one platform that has the information about the world. And we know who you are, which yeah. is, it's, it's, you know, right. It's like, and that's all. And all they do with it is they use that in sell advertising. Like that's effectively the business, right? Um, it's, that's pretty pure. They haven't done a lot else with it, which shows like there's, there's more value that could potentially be extracted, but they are to your point, like what they're trying to do with it is confusing. Well, but and the fascinating thing, I mean, the Wall Street Journal had another awesome article this week about um, Apple uh, cross, cross app tracking and how that's worth at least $10 billion negatively uh, to Meta. Now, the fascinating stat in that is that Apple now, when you download apps, it basically asks if you want to prevent tracking across apps and only 18% of the population is opting in. So then they they interviewed all these advertisers who said, I used to spend, um, there was one lady, she'd spend 14 bucks to acquire a new customer with uh, Facebook's previous uh, personalized ad targeting. Now she was spending hundreds and not none of it was converting. So she switched her entire marketing budget over to Google. And uh, Apple's advertising within the App Store is also something that's seen a huge uptick. So the business model that was so simple may be less profitable going forward because they don't have the ability to know every facet of what their users do. Yeah. When, when you're, when your platform success is based on another platform's information, yeah, the mercy data of someone process, else. exactly. That makes it really makes it kind of hard. You, you said like a week or two ago, we were texting about, like in there are many ways to look at Meta's current valuation and for it to mm -hmm. look attractive, but there's this question mark discount to put on it as to like what is its platform? Like what are they trying to do right now? Right. If you go back to their if their business was the same as we thought it was, you know, a year or two ago, the valuation looks pretty interesting right now. Um, whether or not I mean right, but 
it's similar, right, to what we said around um, Square becoming Block. It's like Square actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Square intentionally here. Like Square looks interesting at the current price that it's at right now for me, at least to dive in deeper. Block. I mean, that just sounds like a thing I do on my phone for someone I don't want to talk to. You know. <laughs> Yeah, um, Facebook would be so fascinating to me if I could buy, say, Facebook, Instagram only at current valuations, and I felt comfortable that their business model isn't um, worth, I don't know, 50% of what it used to be. Because if only 18% of your users in the App Store opt in, and you believe the anecdotal stories that that means the ad spending doesn't really work, that's a massive game changer. And Huge. you can't you can't get that. It's it's too much of a conglomerate that wants to spend money all over the place that I just can't get comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, so what else you got in your fishbowl? I mean, next in the fishbowl, I just want to hit um, that the Fed has announced that they will be banning um, officials from trading stocks, bond and cryptocurrencies. Oh, love it. I'm in favor of this. This is great. Love it. That's so, yeah, we've been talking about this for a year now or something, whatever, right? Almost uh, between that and Congress. It's, it feels like a duh, like it should be non-news, but it's awesome. I'm really glad that they're doing that. Well, and the Fed's the one that had, um, you know, when this was in the news a few months back, one of the guys, maybe in the Dallas Fed came out and said like, our standards are uh, so strong. They just happen to be um, optional for for their exactly. <laughs> I forget the exact wording, but he was like, "You should see what our our core standards are, except they're optional." So this is just it's just a step in the right direction. Hopefully, uh, Congress and the Senate do the same thing. There's there's no reason for this. Thanks for raising that because that's a that's a it's a big one, and look forward to seeing what Congress does. I have one last thing in my fishbowl. Yeah. And that is on the Olympics. So Olympics are happening right now uh, over in China, Winter Olympics. Um, if you like people that are shooting things and then skiing, which I, I still I can't wrap my head around why you do both those things. But um, Winter Olympics happening. And one I saw something that I didn't realize the other day is how much people win. Like, sorry, how, like what compensation people get if they win yeah. from, from a U.S. standpoint. Um, so I'm going to, we're going to turn this into a, a little brief quiz here for a gold medal. How much does someone get? How much does the U S Olympic committee pay a gold medalist in the U S oh, gosh, is it like 50 K or something way too high? Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go 30 yeah, closer. It's 37,500. So you're, you're like born and you go, I have, I got these genes. To be an American, my Jenko jeans. I'm the best in the world. <laughs> exactly. To be like the best. You train so hard. You got all these coaches. You like spend hours and hours in the pool. You are the best in the world. Here's 37,500 is what happens there. Uh, silver gets 22,500 and, and bronze is 15,000. I'm, see I'm seeing this trend. I mean, so there's a decent graph in, um, in this article, this came from Yahoo Finance, and it seems like a lot of countries say a gold medal is worth like significantly more than a silver, but then a silver is almost worth the same as a bronze in terms of 
uh, compensation for the medals. Isn't that really interesting, Deagles? Like, it's not like we do a hundred bucks for gold and then sixty-six for silver and thirty-three for bronze. It's more like we do a hundred bucks for gold, fifty for silver, and like forty for bronze. And I'm looking at, at what a collection of ten countries here. Um, that whole mindset is interesting. People seem to think if it's not a gold, it's just a metal. And we know that yep. silver is slightly better than bronze. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. It's it's the way, you know, I'm a poker player. It's kind of the way the poker tournaments work, too. If you, like, first you end up getting, like, half the the bounty. Yeah, true. And then the other half ends up going, right? And that's roughly, that's basically what this is. If you add up silver and and bronze, you get one gold. Um, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, it's, it is it is interesting, though. Either, either you win it or why'd you even try, right, is what we're telling <laughs> our uh, our people these days. And the, the thing that, like the question this, this raises, which they touch on is you do have all these costs, right? Like literal financial costs, the cost of training yeah. and like how you can get there and all that stuff. How do you get it back? And some, some people, what they were saying is when you have your moment, like first you better get the moment, right? Yeah. Cause, cause lest you get fourth place, like that's because <laughs> that fourth oh. place is zero dollars, right? So when you have your moment, then you capitalize and you try and get all the advertising and all like get it all right if you have that moment um the other option from what i saw here is go work at home depot because home depot supported they wanted to support our athletes by giving them part-time jobs yeah exactly those are your two options um if you don't work at home depot or you do not capitalize on advertising like more power to you but it was it was pretty cool to see that yeah home depot like organized this part-time employment program um where they're helping athletes it's it's pretty it's well it's smart one um, from a business standpoint, um, but pretty cool. Yeah, but you either go work at Home Depot, get your second job at Home Depot, or you better be in advertising. I mean, uh, I live in a community that's big on runners. There's a lot of professional athletes, and I, you can go to the local running shop and like see someone super famous if you're aware in that community, and uh, they'll be like helping you fit your shoes. And it's like, no, you, you're like one of the fastest runners in the world. <laughs> why, <laughs> why do you have to have a part-time job here? Like it's, it's depressing. It doesn't seem right. I mean, yeah. you are truly one of the world's best athletes. And you're like, tell me that maybe I want a size 10 and a half instead of size 11. So my <laughs> <laughs> strike, yeah. I mean, it, it's, this doesn't seem right to me, especially in the U S and we should mention Diggles here. So the U S is, yeah, in terms of compensation, they're at least like eighth in the world. I mean, they're not in the top three. Singapore pays almost a million bucks for a gold medal. Um, I'm a huge return on investment guy, and it seems like we should put a little more money up here um, because it's going to be good for the U.S. and the U.S. Olympic Committee. People are still doing it. So if we. Yeah, true. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I found that to be pretty interesting. All right, guys. Well, hey, I hope this is our, our first episode with uh, both me and Dougal's on the road. I hope the audio was good for you. Thanks for the listener mail. And uh, hit us at the one-stop shop at Um All the info you need about episodes and everything else is there. Uh, did I miss anything, Dougal's? Just rate and review. Always. We love, we love it. And send in that listener mail. Thank you. Thanks, guys.